Welcome everyone to Core Values, an official podcast of Broken Arrow Public Schools on the Arrow Vision Network. I'm your host, Adam J. Foreman, and with me is Superintendent Dr. Jana Vincent. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Yes, it's a bright and early morning for those listeners who are doing this very early. And uh, some pre-coffee. I've had one cup of coffee already. I've not uh, had nearly enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We have some very special guests today. We have uh, Jennifer Peterson, who's Executive Director of Elementary Instruction. Good morning, Jennifer. Good morning, are Adam. you Are you awake? I am wide awake. Okay. And then Kay Long, Assistant Principal at Country Lane Primary. Good morning, Kay. Good morning, but Adam. But you have so many other hats you've worn. We're going to get to that soon. Okay. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> this is your life. Um, our podcasts are made possible by our One Club sponsors, First National Bank of Broken Arrow, TTCU, the Federal Credit Union. Union, Ascension, St. John, Broken Arrow, Tulsa Bone and Joint, and the Arrow Group. So many thanks to them for always supporting us. They they are great supporters of the district, and we appreciate them. So we're going to talk today about Teacher of the Year, or T-O-Y, as the cool kids know it these days. And uh, every time I would see an email with toy in the, in the <laughs> subject line, I'm like, what? But I get it now. So um, let's talk, Jennifer, first sure. about the Teacher of the Year selection process how does that how does it start let's go all the way down to the granular part and we'll, we'll build from there all right so it all begins actually with our former teacher of the year because they put together a committee it's basically a nominating committee that they um, communicate that with the staff during that time and so it actually starts in late September early October and so they begin that nomination process um, any teacher can be nominated um, and so any certified teacher can be nominated. So um, they move on from that. They narrow it down to the top three. They vote, and then we get our site teacher of the year. Um, from that point on, um, I just this past week got to meet with all 30 of our teachers of the year. We have 30 teachers of the year. Well, what we have done, wow. because um, we have our, is it 30 or is it 28? It's 28. It changes. Well, because of all of our sites, we nominate Two from our high school because it is so large. And this year we added Vanguard Academy. Oh, yeah, that's right. So that's why our numbers have gone up. Um, So we um, meet with them, and that is like, you talk about a bucket-filling meeting, that is, um, just to see their energy and their passion because they wear it on their faces. Um, It's amazing. But from this point, um, we go over the whole portfolio process with them and then the interview process. So we kind of walk them through what that's going to look like. We put together... Um, two separate committees, an interview committee and a portfolio committee. Um, that is a cross-section of our district, meaning we we get representatives pre-K through 12, and we try to get just about every area. But that, the, both of those committee are, committees are made up of eight members. Um, the teachers of the year, I think, are quite surprised when they look at that portfolio because it's quite extensive. But when they write it, um, they're ready for the state teacher of the year process. So whenever our final teacher of the year is named in April, our district teacher of the year, they're, they're pretty much ready to move on. Um, and so they spend from now, so November all the way to February, that's when their portfolios do. They will do their interviews in March, and it's a culmination of those two scores. We utilize rubrics, um, and then we add those two numbers together, and that's how we come to our teacher of the year. We want to do it as um, objectively as possible. 
One, I got to interject something. People might be saying, why isn't the current district teacher of the year on the podcast this morning? And it's because she had to go out of town, do teacher stuff. (laughs) She had to do her job. So she's not with us. But that's Michelle McCarver from Rosewood. And Dr. Vincent, you got to meet her over the last year. What do you tell me about Michelle? Oh, she's she's just she's an amazing person, first of all. And I was just thinking about over the years, you know, Michelle, I think, embodies what I've seen in our teachers of the year every year. And that common thread that you see each year come out of Broken Arrow is that first, teachers care about our students. It's this, gosh, just this core love for for kids and making sure they have exactly what they need to move on to whatever's next. And I think that's just the common uh, theme. And then each one of them kind of has their own spin on on what they're passionate about and how they pour into our kids. But that common thread is, and, and I think Michelle has really embodied that just um, care that we have really needed in the last year, especially. Um, you know, we've we've had a tough, what, 18, 20, what, 19 what are you years about? of COVID. <laughs> um, but it seems like it's gone on forever. But Michelle really has been just the perfect teacher of the year for, for this season. Didn't she leave education and then come back because she wanted to help out? Like, isn't that her story? I think I heard that. Maybe I made that up. No, actually, I <laughs> adore Michelle. She was my music teacher when I was a principal at Arrowhead. Oh, nice. And so you talk about a heart for kids. But she did actually to take a little bit of time to be a mom. Right. Um, and then I think it's her calling. If you heard her speech at our Teacher of the Year um, gala last year, um, teaching, that is her calling. And so I believe she was called to come back. What's funny is her speech sounded like it was written and and was and was in front of her on a a teleprompter and it was not it all came off the top of her brain that just Mm -hmm. knocked me down because I stumble through my words all day every day Mm -hmm. so anybody who has that gift they they're they deserve to be site teacher of the year so Miss K Miss K Long I'm gonna brag on you a little bit because I can uh you have not only been a district teacher of the year for Broken Arrow but you went on to be the Oklahoma State Teacher of the Year one of only three four in our district that have gone on to state is that correct four isn't it it's four i think it's three but we've had many as finalists that did an amazing job but it's you it's linda Linda. it's jojo it's donna grottle donna Grottle. Grottle. webb and myself and then amanda bowser made history as being the runner-up for state teacher of the year in a complete tie that they've never had before. Wow. So that I was counting her. So mm-hmm. counting Amanda's four. We yeah. can count her. She's yeah. amazing. <laughs> that was the year that the young man from Norman um, was the one that was named. But yeah, yes. I, I count her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I agree totally. Well, since your win only five years ago, because you're 25. Thank and you. You're a first-year teacher. You're my uh, favorite person. <laughs> Tell me what that's been like to have that teacher of the year, Oklahoma teacher of the year, just banner that you've worn with pride for, for so many years. Well, I think one of the most important things is I'm so proud of our district, and it's just been such a great thing. And I remember the year that we talked about this being home, and I remember Dr. Vincent, when we all got up and started talking about it, that was the embodiment of Broken Arrow for me. And so to be able to represent a district that has such high expectations and standards and such amazing people, it's just always such an honor to be a part of the district and to be one of those people who get to pour into kids every day. So So, talk about your educational journey. Like where did you start out at? So I started out at ORU to get my degree and my 
certifications in general education and special education. And then I started at, and I went overseas and got another degree and had a wonderful experience and came back and was at Leisure Park and got a chance to be a first grade teacher and pour into early childhood. And then um, I went to the high school and started teaching seniors and had... Wait a minute. You went from first grade to seniors? I did. How was that? I did. I just wanted another <laughs> experience because I was certified K through 12. And I've never found any area that I don't love as far as the age of students because they all have the same needs. They're just in different shapes right, and, right. and heights. <laughs> and so I loved being at the senior high here as well, where we're actually doing this podcast. And so it's been just a wonderful educational journey for me. Um, and I, I really loved being both at the elementary early childhood and at the senior high. Well, now you're in administration, yes. so you, you're, you've been on both sides of the fence. What's what's the difference for you between in the classroom and then being administrator? The exciting thing about being an administrator is being able to see all of the students throughout the day and working with all of the students, not just your classroom, and also being able to work with our amazing teachers. They are incredible, and just exactly, I'm going to piggyback off of what Mrs. Peterson said, and that is that it is a bucket filler every day to talk to these teachers that are pouring into these kids. And I'm going to also springboard off what Dr. Vincent said, and that is that these have been tremendously difficult 18 months. And for these teachers to continue to be strong, because the pandemic didn't skip over their home. You know, they also have things in their own lives, but they are pouring into those kids every single day and doing what needs to be done to help these kiddos who have really, really had some struggling times in those 18 months of not having the community that comes with being in school every day with peers and with caring adults. I always tell people that education is a different walk than any other industry you'll ever be in. And especially if you've worked in other industries, it's a different rhythm, it's a different pace, and I love it, I love that pace. Jennifer, I didn't ask you, tell us about your educational journey. All right. So I um, earned my bachelor's at NSU, um, but I did not. Woohoo! Woo I, w- I was actually a Redmond. I was too. Um, and so <laughs> I, uh, I was not one of those people that woke up and was like, I'm going to be an elementary school teacher. I think I changed my major about four times. And then one summer I had the opportunity to work um, a national youth sports program. And so I was a camp counselor for 10 year old girls. And I thought, do you know what? I really like these kids. They're a lot of fun. So I went into teaching and so um, started in middle school in Tulsa Public and then happened to marry a Marine and then I left for about 10 years. And so I had the opportunity to teach in South Carolina, California in two different areas and then overseas. And then we made our way back to Broken Arrow. And so I have taught first grade one year, um, <laughs> but I've taught fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, and every subject. So, and then you became a site principal as well, correct? I did. And so, when we moved back to Broken Arrow, um, I was working at Country Lane before it was two schools, um, and so um, went came back and earned my master's and then became an assistant principal in a neighboring district. But Broken Arrow was always home, and I really wanted to be home. Um, and so I came back as a principal at Arrowhead Elementary and then was the became a director of instruction and then the executive director of elementary ed. So um, it's been a great journey. And I will tell you, I like Kay said, you know, 
I cannot imagine being anywhere else with any different group of people because I, I don't believe there's a better district in the state or in the nation. I second I that. Uh-huh. I second that. I, mm-hmm. I came back too. I think a lot of people kind of boomerang and then they come uh-huh. back in here. So I was at an event recently. I can't recall which one it was. I speak at a lot of events, but I asked people in the room, there were do- dozens of administrators and said, who in here has been a site or a district teacher of the year for Broken Arrow? And I think like 20 hands went up. Like it was unbelievable. So to me, that means retention. Yes. That means like I'm, I'm staying here and doing the course and that, that just, I feel like that is part of that teacher of the year process. I mean, don't you agree with that? I do agree with that. And we actually have numbers to back it up. I was proud. Uh, I think it was yesterday or the day before, you know, <clears throat> local media have been picking up on the teacher shortage. Well, they came to interview Lori Kearns, our director or our, our um, assistant superintendent, who's also over HR. And in looking at our numbers, of course, we have shortages in special ed because everyone across the entire nation does. But our numbers still look really good as far as teachers go. And the only thing we can point to is is the culture here and that people really want to be here and stay here. And it's it's because of that care that we have for each other because there's nothing else that we're doing differently. I'm just going to be honest. We, Yes, we, we have great curriculum. We have great facilities. We have great kids. <laughs> but that difference maker is making sure people feel honored and and valued and cared for. And if you have those three things and then everything else is even, then they're going to want to stay here because as Kay said, this is, this is your home and you don't want to be anywhere else. That's like the buzzword of the morning home. It's your mm-hmm. home. So let's throw a hypothetical out there. Your teacher of the year, you win. Woohoo. What, it, what does it mean now for you? What are your duties? What, what is, what does it mean? Anybody? <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm going to speak. For, yes. I have never been the teacher of the year. Uh, I, Me either. Ta- I taught for, t- I taught for 10 years and then uh, went into, I actually taught college and then, uh, then went into administration. But for me and watching it, it means, it means honor from your peers, which mm. to me is the highest honor there could be. Um, it's, it's one thing if people from, you know, externally that don't really know what you do, uh, honor you, but when your peers recognize you, that's something that just is it elevates you to a totally different level, and it's it's a I think it's overwhelming when your peers recognize your work. That's funny because one thing I told that group of teachers of the year was I know I'm amongst some of the greatest teachers in our district because teachers don't lie. I mean, if you're not <laughs> if not. you are not great, I mean, they'll tell you. They'll tell you. Kay and, cannot tell a lie. Yes, and so I mean that is so true. And one thing I say, I you know, they will be the face of our district. They're the face of their site right now. And so, um, you know, that's one thing Michelle and all of our past teachers of the year have done so beautifully is they move on, and they are our face. They represent us every day in the what they do, what they say, what they drive. Um, <laughs> what so, a great segue. Yes. <laughs> yes, our sponsor, Matthews Ford, gives them a vehicle for an entire mm-hmm. year to drive around. And it's got all the wonderful decals on it that says, I'm the teacher of the year. I don't know if that's good or bad for them to be driving. I, I heard a former teacher of the year saying, I couldn't even have a glass of wine in public. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Or speed. Which, or speed, that's uh, Which I thought was really funny. <laughs> what about you, Kay, when you were Teacher of the Year? What, what are some of the things that you felt 
were your responsibility now that you were the, the face of the school district? Well, I want to also say that it is absolutely no matter where you go in the process, the very first step when the teachers who eat lunch with you every day and work with you every day and are on playground duty with you, when they select you to represent them and this profession and our schools, it's the highest honor that you could ever have. So I can say that, and I totally agree, because they know you best. And so as you go through the process, some of the things that you have the opportunity to do is exactly what Michelle McCarver is doing today, and that is to represent the district with speaking engagements and really, but the most important thing to me is representing what the art of education is, because it is an art, it's not a job. And that privilege is something that is doing something for everyone that you're representing because you're explaining that this is not a job. Jobs sound almost like it's something you have to do, but being able to be in education is really being able to exercise your art of working with children of all ages and helping them grow to be the people that they were meant to be. I think you just made our 30-second soundbite that's going to be on the preview. <laughs> I heard that like, oh my gosh, that just summed up the whole well, thing. It's and I amazing. Was, I was thinking how that ties perfectly into that first core value. It's the responsibility of our calling. I mean, that's and, and education is both a science and an art. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, you know, in our coffees that we've, where I've been speaking to teachers lately, I've been really trying to drive home the fact that they are the professionals. They are trained and educated in the science of education. And then when they get in the classroom, that's when they can draw out the art of education. That's a beautiful way of putting those two together. And I was actually thinking about our core value of being passionate about learning. Yeah. Um, Because you can't be a teacher of the year unless you are passionate about learning. And that comes out so beautifully in their portfolios, that passion. Um, And it goes right along with what you're saying. If we can actually do what we are passionate about we're not going to have to work a day in our life it's funny uh, you know I've never I don't serve on the committee just to be clear I have no part of the decision of the teacher of the year but I've heard rumors that in that committee that there's lots of tears reading those portfolios because they're so heartfelt and touching that there's just lots of Kleenex that get used in in that little committee room you know what else it reinvigorates the teachers on the interview committee because I have heard there's tears in those as well Um, And I have heard, oh my gosh, that is exactly what I needed at this time because of, they see the greatness um, that, that, that is in Broken Arrow. Maybe we should all read those portfolios like Mm -hmm. every day, just Mm -hmm. go look at them, get that little charge. Okay. So quick, quick little uh, thing from each of you. We'll go around the table. What is your advice for the future teacher of the year that'll be named next spring? Kay, we'll start with you. Well, it's probably the advice I got from those that went before me, and that was never forget who you are and why you began this in the first place, because there is a reason that you are serving children every single day. Never forget that. Excellent. Jennifer? I hope this doesn't sound cliche, but I would say... It does. You're done. (laughs) (laughs) No, I would say enjoy the journey from the very beginning, because um, what I have learned from all of the teachers of the year, and even in um, my own time that I was a site teacher of the year, that portfolio, it's a growth and reflection process, and it is a real journey, and sometimes it is hard 
to get through. Um, and then after it's all done and just being able to enjoy that time, I mean, among your peers at the gala, and then just, like I said, just enjoying the whole process because it's kind of like a professional development that lasts for months. That's a great way of putting it. Excellent. Dr. Vincent, this is the one they'll all listen to. They'll, they'll, they'll write it <laughs> oh down. Lord, that's a this lot of is pressure. what she said. <laughs> um, so I think I would, my advice would be, you know, soak up the moment, but also know that you belong there. I think a lot of times we, as educators, we, we tend to, to say, oh, well, you know, and we'll make an excuse that we, I only want it because, or, uh, and we try to, to try to minimize our achievements man, soak it up. You, you belong there and you earned that and your peers are the ones that, that say you earned it. So, you know, own it, stand proud and, and know that, you know, you're representing Broken Arrow and that's something to be really, really proud of. Well, that's a good finesse of being humble yet proud of your accomplishments. And I think the teacher of the year embodies that, which we'll find out next spring when we announce the district teacher of the year at our, our annual gala that we have. Is it gala or gala? I've heard both. What's the consensus? I think it can be pronounced. Okay. I don't know. I'll just spell it. I won't pronounce Mm -hmm. it. Well, that's all we have for today. Thank you so much, Kay Long, for joining us. Appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me. And Miss Jennifer Peterson, Mm -hmm. thank you so much for coming. And of course, Dr. Vinson. Thank you. One of these days, I'm going to just disappear from this spot and it's going to be all you and it's going to be amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you all so much for tuning in to Core Values, our official podcast at Broken Arrow Schools, and we will see you next time.